My goodness, people. What is going on? What is going on? Mass shootings, Buffalo, California, Milwaukee. 122 mass shootings already in 2022. What is going on? In light of the fact that these things are happening, I have some work to do and some people to meet with. And I thought uh, back on an episode from last year that I did with my guest, Mr. Tez Yancey, where we discussed injustices. And I think it happened to be on the one year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. Injustices seem to never stop. Um, Senseless violence is just as prevalent as breathing. It seems like Um, we have so much to do. But please join me in a reflective uh, moment as I uh, present to you this episode from uh, last year that, again, I did with my guest, Mr. Tez Yancey, who will be joining me to co-host and co-MC a Juneteenth celebration this year in the city of Redlands. So we look forward to that. In the meantime, stay safe. Stay safe. And. uh What's going on, people? Here it is. I don't know. I, I, I'd like to just think of you as an all around good guy, man. That's how I see you. I, I just think that, you know, good people and great people can do good and great things because they're good and great because they're blessed to be that man and, and they're chosen. So just the great guy to me, man. Let me not um, go on further without uh, letting my audience uh, understand that. That was a bit of the bonus footage from a conversation with my guest, Mr. Tess Jancy where we talked a little bit about life and basketball and, and just some some fun topics. You can catch that bonus coverage plus all other episodes of Let's Chew the Gum anywhere where fine podcasts are found. This week marks the one year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. There's so much to talk about about this topic. We can't do it in one show. So we've committed to do a couple of shows on various topics as it relates to injustice Um, in this situation. You're listening to Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Let's Chew the Gum. I'm your host, Dr. K. Each time you tune in to Let's Chew the Gum, you can be sure of one thing. We always have Something for your mind, 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 mind. Something for your mind, 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 mind. Something for your mind, Something for your mind, Something for your, for your. So welcome back, man. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Let's Chew the Gum podcast, where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. How you doing, Tess? I'm blessed, brother. You already said it. It is so great to be back with you, man. I really appreciate talking with you. I appreciate the intro. Yeah, it was really, I appreciate you having me back. You know, um, we had a great time the first time and uh, it's it's just always a pleasure, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. Yeah, absolutely, man. Me, me as well. And, and I'm glad to have you back for the for this conversation, man. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit, of, you know, about life and family before we uh, uh, started recording. And, and um, then we started, you know, talking about sports and and, and the mm. things we remember that, um, you know, growing up, you from Boston and myself from Detroit and that whole basketball connection and, and a myriad of of uh, commonalities that that we have. And, and with this thinking back and reflecting, you know, this um, 
is obviously a time to reflect because it's been one year since the murder of George Floyd. And, you know, unfortunately, um, I was listening to a guy uh, yesterday and he was saying that uh, that's not even the worst of some of the injustices that he's witnessed when it came to uh, uh, black males uh, being murdered or or any other matter of injustice. And, you know, there's some truth to that, that, you know, I have to I have to, you know, I don't have to admit it because I know it, but some truth to that, that that has to, you know, balance my responses to, you know, this is the one year after, man, you know, condolences to the families, first of all, because we're, we're, we're talking about people and, and people talk about these individuals like it's just the story of the day, man. But these are people that have families and, and belong somewhere like like we talked about, you know, where we're from. They belong somewhere. So I never want to, you know, get far away from that human concept. But the. Um, idea man that um that was a for this and a lot of this generation a life-altering and life-changing event mm. and and much like earlier generations where you know they for the first time many people saw uh, the rodney king video which was a, a big thing for that generation although i and you may have these experiences you know, I've always told people and many people that I know have always told people that, you know, we're getting harassed in the streets. We're getting beat up. We're getting, you know, uh, drugs planted on us, all types of things. And people would not believe that that type of thing would happen. They didn't. And I, I don't know why. I mean, we, we yeah. saw that in the civil rights movement. We saw <laughs> it's not news, you know, so people have short memories. I don't know. I don't know why we saw that. We saw that earlier in the in the 1900s with lynchings. We, we saw that. So. But I think those probably were good hearted, kind people that maybe didn't know. Maybe maybe yeah. maybe it was their first time. Those kind of people, I always say, you know what? Ignorance is, is bliss. Um, I can forgive that when someone didn't know. But once things become known, now you're responsible. And so how do you react after that? And so in this aftermath of last year's event with George Floyd, you know, there were lots of reactions. And lots of inactions. Um, I have I have much that I, I want to uh, that I could discuss with this. But um, how have you been experiencing this particular week or uh, this anniversary event? Well, you know, I, I think the first thing is that it's been an interesting. Well, it's been an interesting year and a half, I guess, for for the world. Obviously, you know, coming coming into twenty twenty with this, you know pandemic and so forth, and obviously, you know, with the the heinous murder of George Floyd, and there's no other way to say it. I just don't understand how anyone could potentially see it any other way. That's a whole other thing. But actually, it is another thing. I'll get into that as well. But. The thing, the way I've been seeing it to answer your question is, <clears throat> at least one of the ways is, I have, you mentioned, I think you mentioned short-term memory on people or something like that. Right. And that's the thing that has been such a focal point for me from, you know, even with, with when the elections were coming up in November, I, you know, I, I just, I've had this thing and I've, I've posted some things about it, but just this idea of, when something is is trending and it's out there, it's right now, and people are vocal about it, and they're they're in an action state about it. And what concerns me is how it diminishes and dwindles. And from last year, you know, last May twenty fifth, from the time that murder, that horrible, devastating murder happened, I was already, and people are outraged, and rightly so, you know, rightly so. But I I I, I was I couldn't help but think. How is it that at some point this will kind of become on the back burner? You know, and, you know, it's like now we've come up you know, on the, the, the year anniversary of it yesterday and it's people are talking about it again. You know, and it's sort of like if you think about history, man, and there is a lot of history to pull from. You mentioned Rodney King that there was a point in time where that was like, 
people couldn't fathom the idea or, ne- or, or, or the necessity of, of, of beating someone to that degree. And yet it kind of goes on the back burner to the point where when inevitably when it happens or something like that happens again, people are shocked. You know what I mean? And it's just kind of like this is history has proven and shown it's history for re- it becomes history for a reason. You know, there's a there's a pattern. And so I've been in a really interesting space with this. You know, um, I just I, I feel like there's there's a, a duty I have to. Not that I want want people walking around, you know, um, thinking about that kind of hor- those kind of horrible events constantly but i think it's important to to have it at at the as a priority in our mind to recognize that these things happen and we need to be in a space where if we're against it we need to just walk with that and live with that kind of energy of being against it and all that comes with it because people we all have different ways of how we how we how we go about things how we go about affecting change we don't do all we don't do it the same you know it's about figuring out what, what can I do every day to make it a part of my routine, to make it a part of how I get down, how I flow? You, you see what I'm saying? It's like becoming an ally. You know, if, if you're an ally, then, then you live your life as such. It's not like today I'm an ally, tomorrow I'm, I'm not thinking about it. It's like, no, this is a part of who I am. Mm. So that's been, that's, it's affected me. That's one of the ways it's affected me. I don't know if I, I I'm assuming I answered your question because I get riled up. You know, it it, it was it was and to be honest, it was less of a question and more of of uh, um, invitation to express that because and and, and it did answer if it it was a question, it did answer the question for sure. And and I I understand uh, exactly what you mean about um, these type of things going on the back burner until another one Mm -hmm. is hot, because, you know, last year, last year when when it happened, um, um, a lot of people would uh, call me up. Um, um, people wanted to take some type of action. You know, I had people from, you know, all spectrums of life that had different ideas, like you said, how people react or um, to these events or what they do to um, challenge these events or how they decide to process is different. So I had lots of people from different racial yeah. groups, different ages, wanting you know, to be involved, to start this movement or that movement or have this plan or this community plan or, or this event or that event. And, and all those things were, were great. All those things were great. But the one thing I kept telling anybody who solicited me to, to join on with um, a particular group, because, I, you know, I'll, I'll unite with what's right. And if you're right, we can unite. Right. So but what I would say is. I don't want to be involved in, in anything where it's just going to be, you know, I, I'm the flavor with the flavor of the month right now. You know, mm. I, I don't want to be the flavor of the month. You know, I've seen seen this happen before. If, you know, things need to be uh, progressing in more of a uh, a way of legitimate and sustaining change as opposed to going on the back burner after a few months. Mm-hmm. And I, And I know and I know. Let me just say for sure, I know for sure of many individuals who are on front lines in in, in all fields and all halls of, of decision making and, and places of influence that are making a difference still. But often mm. many of many of the folks that, you know, stepped up in the name of wanting to, you know, improve their brand or their reputation, many folks that didn't engage altruistically are you know, now those that have that pot on the back burner. And, and for me, that can never be. And so you talked about, you know, a duty. Again, I don't want folks, you know, going around with this type of energy. Right. I don't I, that's not that's not what I want. I don't want to bombard people with with bad stories. Yeah. But this is not a story that, you know, that that you that that you close that the book is closed on. This is real life for some people. I had a I did a yeah. show earlier in the year with the phenomenal woman uh and uh uh one of the things that we were talking about was individuals who may have the notion to say or think i'm tired of hearing about racism i'm sick of hearing about it i'm sick of it too right but 
what about those that have to live it and experience it? Yep. What about that? Yeah. What about that? I mean, what a luxury. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, look, to your point, you can be sick of hearing about it. Like, I'm sick of hearing about it because it exists. You know, I'm sick of hearing about it because there's constant and consistent evidence of it. You know, that's that's the part that for me is like I'm tired. I'm sick and tired of of that level of hatred and 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 and, and you know, white supremacy. If you, you know, like, really, it's because it comes down to that idea of, you know, superiority or supreme like like I'm above you. And that's just, and that goes for, and in, in terms of racism, so I'm saying white supremacy, but in terms of like the status thing of like I'm above you, you're below me. You know whether it's um, you know, uh, you know women dealing with it from from men. You know what I mean? Like there's there's many different absolutely levels uh, and spaces of it. So yeah, that yeah, I can like be sick and tired of it, um, being a thing. You know, actually existing, but you know people who come from that place of like oh here comes the you know race card if you are i'm doing hand quotes but you can't see because we're on the phone right sure sure you know like that kind of thing um it's like yeah i think okay obviously you know you you're someone you're obviously someone saying that that either doesn't have to deal with it or is in complete denial because there are people who don't get me started i'm telling there are people who you know just have their beliefs or whatever, however they, they were brought up. And, and and there's there's some who just believe that even some black folks will believe, oh, oh, the race card, we gotta get we you gotta stop pulling that card. And my my what I say to that is I, I, I can understand, you know, I guess I can understand on a certain level where, where the attempt is coming from with something with a statement like that. Like, oh, we don't want it to be used as an excuse. But 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 you cannot deny that it's there. And, and my feeling is at some point, if it hasn't already happened, you will be, you will get your wake up call, you know? So yeah, you can be sick, sick and tired of it because it exists. But like you said, if you're inactive on it, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? Well, you know, man, it's, um, I like how you how you phrase it as um, in addition to being, you know, a gender issue from a man to a woman, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But those things e- exist. And, and the, the one thing is when when people don't experience it, it's easy for people to dismiss it when people can can go mm-hmm. home through their day and never think about it. Um, that's a great thing. I, I like to be there, but that's not the reality. But when you can do that, when you can go to sleep in, at night, you know, or turn off your radio or television because you were looking at a representation of that and you, you know, got mad at the screen and now you did your due diligence because you didn't like what you saw on the screen and turn it off. But the reality is still rolling in, in, in elsewhere for people that that are living it. And and the idea of it as an excuse, I mean, it. <laughs> You know, that that that's easy for someone to say who doesn't experience it. And and even for people that do and they say not to use it as, as an excuse, I think, you know, it, there's two meanings. Some people say don't use it as an excuse. And those are people that may have experienced themselves. But what they're trying to do is empower you. Don't use that as an excuse for you to quit. Don't use that as an excuse right. for you to give up. I understand that that's right, going to be there, right, but just right. don't let the fact that it's there stop you. Be stronger than that. Rise above that. And like many, many, many countless people have and do. Now, when you have someone in right. control of a doorway or a pathway and they're saying, don't use it as an excuse, don't use it as an excuse. But you keep the door closed because you see that. And that's your look. Watch this. That's your reason for not doing it. Right. So you'll say that's my reason, but we have an excuse, right? But you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Your reasoning, your reasoning in your mind is this person because of this color can't perform well, doesn't perform well. Uh, I don't want this person around. I don't trust whatever it may be, whatever prejudice, bigoted mm-hmm. idea, ideology it may be. That's the reason why they don't provide access. But then you're not to use it as an excuse. 
you know. So when mm. they're saying don't use it as an excuse, that I think that's like, you know, go somewhere else. You may not, <laughs> it may not be here, but don't use it as an excuse that you can't, you know, try that next door, next door and next door. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 You know, there, there's certain things that are just, um, that are just, first of all, when it comes to racism, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a discussion that, has always been historically has always been very difficult for you know people to talk about who like when we talk about let's let's, in, let's just say this country because it exists i've been all over the world i've been fortunate to travel all over the world as a performer and i've, I've been you know I've, I've been everywhere well not everywhere but i've been a lot of places you know south africa and you know what i mean like right you've been you've places, been around the world for sure thick racism man you know and and separation and, 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 and all of that, you know? Um, so that, that's, that's, that's just a reality. You know, I, I just want to have so many different points in my head. I want to make, um, the, the one thing I was going to mention was, uh, it's always been a very difficult conversation for certain people to have, like in terms of a dialogue, right? Because of the, because it's ugly. It's really, because that means you have, to, that means that you have to be willing to go there in terms of when I say go there, go into the real ugly history of racism in this country. And it's ugly, you know, and that's what makes the conversation uncomfortable. And it's supposed to be uncomfortable. That's the point. And you read through it. It's like, you know, <laughs> I, you know, when you th th there's the term growing pains, right? Mm, yes. Like when you're that exists because when you're literally growing, right, your bones and however I'm you know, they're stretching and it hurts when you, you know, when you grow, like there's, there's a, there's some pain you go through to get to the other side. When you're working out, you go through some kind of pain to get the results you want. When you're, you know, I'm a dancer. I, I you know, taking dance class is not easy. <laughs> it right, hurts. right, right. You know, it hurts. Like, oh my God, I'm stretching. and stre I can remember being in college, man. And I'm so grateful to like my dance teachers, for example, in college, because I, I, I was, I remember I had moments of thinking like, how is this helping me? But it it changes it, it, so it, so there's there's a level of of pain and discomfort that that sometimes you have to go through to get to you know revelations and and, and growth and yeah. it's no different yeah. when it comes to this, that conversation on this you know yeah um, but there because there's just some very hard truths you know um, and 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 for me for me and and i'll speak from the from the point of view of of a uh of an educator um when when i'm in uh, teaching high school when i'm teaching uh history social science classes um the bottom line is we're going to talk about it we're, we're not going to talk about it because it's someone to blame um i don't necessarily teach it as right and wrong because I, I know that that it affects people in, in some way. But what we teach about is this is the reality of what happened. You can still decide how you feel. Right. Because oftentimes in, in different arenas, I'm teaching individuals whose parents, brothers and sisters are some of the most racist people ever. They, those are the racist people. Those are the people committing those acts. And and so it's one thing to. Teach that. You know, everything you love about your family is, is wrong <laughs> or, you know, or everything, you know, because these people, these people love each other. There are some good people. This is not in a Trump where there's some good people on both sides. No, that's a yeah. whole different thing. You have to you have to name those individuals. There are good people on a certain sides and some people defend certain things for different reasons. Not all people are racist. Some people just are ignorant. Some people just mm -hmm. were, were raised a certain way to believe that, you know, this is just how it is. And they haven't been given an alternative. They haven't seen an alternative. They haven't experienced an alternative because for the most part of their life, they've just been told that this is bad. And at some point, people grow to a point where they can experience and question and, and, and do some scientific methodologies on, on life, some social sciences and figure it out. And so just talking about the truths of what happened and folks deciding, is that how they want to be? I think people change um, change that way. I think that um, in in any realm like that, we're going to talk about it. And I, I let parents know. I let teachers know. I let students know. 
We're going to talk about all the low down, disgusting, dirty, terrible things in history because it was what happened. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I'm it, it, at, at another level um, when I'm working uh, with students as a professor in, in education and I'm teaching foundations of education in that realm, we're looking at the same thing from a different perspective. Because as, as teachers, as individuals that are going to deal with, with people, can you imagine, you know, think about teachers that, that don't like students or certain types of students or teachers that are racist or whatever, and those students come into their classes. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't have a chance from the start because the teachers made up their mind about how much they're going to invest in, into that person. Or the teacher is going to attract those individuals like themselves and they're going to nurture that narrative, right? So we talk about mm-hmm. the foundations of education. We look at the um, historical injustices in education so that we as a whole can figure it out. And and ultimately, ultimately, how can I phrase this? You know what? I'm going to take a break and come back and, and phrase this. I, I know what the phrase is that I want to use to make sure it's effective. But we've been talking for a minute. This is a great conversation you're listening to Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. And we're going to listen to our sponsor for this episode and chew some gum. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by On Watch TV. If you haven't seen On Watch TV, be sure to download the On Watch TV app on Roku and Amazon Fire TV. There's all types of great content for you to watch with plenty more to come. Stay tuned. And now let's join the podcast in session. Thank you for listening to our sponsors. We're back. You're listening to Let's Chew the Gum, the podcast where we talk about everything from A to Z while we chew the gum. I want to give uh, a quick shout out just to to the audience, man. I I love engaging and interacting with uh, the audience. It gives me a a great chance to hear people's uh, point of views and and. uh, just different lifestyles, man. And we're, we're talking about some serious topics here. And and I, I want to acknowledge the injustices all around the world because this is a topic that we're talking about that's happening in the United States um, specifically. But we know this is worldwide. As as my guest, Tez Yancey, mentioned before, you know, being a world traveler and seeing these things uh, play out in other places amongst different groups. Um, so it, it's beyond a black and white thing. Um, but no matter what color shade, I don't, I don't care if it's white, black, brown, Puerto Rican, Asian or any persuasion. Injustice is injustice. And lots of people are suffering from it, which ultimately. You know, from my research and experience. Um, I can say that it's often not about race. We 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 do have racism. We do have racism and we do have an, an over-reliance on race. But ultimately, when you look at all the situations that occur, it's not of injustices and, and, and murders by those in power. It's not always what we would classify as black and white or black and brown or whatever, it's any color. It's, it's flat out injustice. And so mm. when I look at it from that way, now it's a human issue. Now it's a humanity issue. It's, it's not it's not and it should never be an issue where um, perhaps you don't like a certain group of people because you were taught that way, that you can't sympathize, empathize and understand the need for change because it didn't happen to you or someone of your color. Right. This happens. This happens amongst all groups of people. And so it's a matter of figuring out what you believe to be. Okay and just, uh, because it, yeah. it trust me, it it, it happens. Um, but but it, within this situation um, that we're talking about in this context, um, I said it's not about race. You know, Tez, I, I often talk about it as being about resources. Whenever I get into these to these conversations, um, I talk about it as being a issue of resources. Because no matter what race I've, I've seen or experienced, everyone pretty much wants the same thing. And I put it like this. Everyone wants clean water, decent food. You know, you want good neighborhoods, safe neighborhoods to live in, you know, decent school. If you're sending your kids to school, you want everybody wants that. And when you don't have it, when you don't have it, 
For many people, the easiest thing to do is to blame someone that doesn't look like them. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's many people that capitalize on that and that will, will embed those thoughts into individuals because it benefits them. And so they'll tell you if it wasn't for those people over there, you pick the color black, white, yeah. Mexican, Native American, Asian, whatever. If it wasn't for those people that are different. Right. You would have what you need. And so now you're creating enemies all the while. The person that propagates those ideologies, they they benefit because you're focused on fighting over resources. You're focused on on what's happening on the ground. You're focusing on the left hand while they're taking something or manipulating something with the right. And that that's just yeah. the way that I've, I've seen it all over the world. And and so when I say it's not about race, I invite individuals to think beyond that. Because when you look at it for, for many people, many people without within their own race, there's these same types of discriminations and separations mm -hmm. and injustices. Right. That's why some people yeah. are, are, you know, rich white folks and some are poor white trash. And there's some yeah. people that hear me say that. And right now I just offended a lot of people just for saying it. It's a word. It's a phrase that's been used and created not by me. But you see it in your right. own communities. You see it and you hear it and you have to deal with that. There's some of you that wouldn't be welcome across certain tracks or in certain buildings yeah. because of your economic level. But yeah. it's, but but in some arenas, it doesn't mean you don't benefit from you don't benefit from the category of whiteness. Right. Mm -hmm. We can we can go deep into intersectionalities and all the ways that discrimination are, of people are, is affected in, intra racially and and otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I, I you know, I completely agree. First of all, I mean, we talked about that a little bit. I can't remember if we were on air or not at the time, but I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, gender inequality and, you know, just just first one on top of my head is, you know, the women being paid half or less than or whatever, you know, things like that. And and what it says to me is this idea, I think what you're speaking to is this idea of this history of of someone needing to be above someone else like this, this, this conditioned, I don't know, taught, I don't know what it is, but it's some sort of conditioning to where somehow you have to feel the need to be above someone. We talked about this, I think, when I was on last, we were talking about, you know, the arts in my career, and I, I was talking about the idea of celebrity. And how, right. You know, when I was a young cat coming up, I started very young in this business, as you know, and, you know, at a young age, I, you know, I have, I have a, a niece now that's around the age when I started. I started at eight, you know, and she's like, I want to be famous. Like, that's her thing. And I, and I hear that now, and I think, oh, you know, I have to remind myself that when I was that age, that was what I thought it mattered. Famous meaning I needed fame. What is what is fame? That's like someone who is looked up to, right? What does that mean? That means they're looking down at someone else. You know, like oh, you know, you know. So I think there's a there's I don't think I know there's a history of that type of thing, and that and that affects every aspect of life, including when you get into you know other areas. And so yeah, if you if you're if that's your starting point this idea of I'm above you, you're below me, then you're already you're off to a, a crooked race. You're off to a bad start right to begin with, you know? And, and yeah, it isn't just race, but, you know, it's a very, it's a system designed to fail because I was just, I'm trying to remember, I was just, there was an experiment that was done. I was just talking, actually, with my father about this a couple nights ago, and I, I don't remember the specifics of, the specifics of this experiment, but there was an experiment done um, where they had two black women and one white woman, and they were getting their houses appraised, right? Right. And uh, and they had I'm sorry they they had different variations. Sometimes it was two black women, one white woman, one uh, and they mixed it up. But each time, the you know the 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 black women's houses came in at I think one came in at like. 114,000, another one came in 125,000, and the white woman's house came in double or more, 275,000, you know what I mean? Right, right. When they're looking at certain things, you know, they look at your zip your zip code, they, they, you know what I mean? They, they, it's a very, and some people might call certain things conspiracy things, and I, yeah, okay, on some level there are those things that exist, but there are other ones that are very 
deliberately and clearly done. And you cannot deny that. And so those are the things I think we were talking about excuses earlier. Don't make an excuse. But I came up at a time where I remember my grandfather saying to me, oh, if you want to be in this business, you're going to have to work twice as hard, three times as hard mm-hmm. as someone, your white counterpart. And I remember thinking, oh, he's from a different generation. I'm young. I'm a young kid at this point. He's from a different generation. But then I started to think on my own. You know, growing up with music, you hear things like, oh, that's, you know, a crossover hit. What did that mean? Mm-hmm. Crossover never meant white coming over to black. It always mm-hmm. meant black music crossing over to white people buying it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's crossover. And it became about you got to get the crossover hit because it's a di- that if that that's one example. And I, you know, I use a lot of examples because I can relate to them in terms of what I do. Sure. But that was a very clear one to me. Like, wow, that's right. Crossover always meant why does crossover always mean black going over to white? Why is it never meant the other way? Wow. You know, that's a status thing. Yeah. That's yeah. a that's a very clear cut case of status and. Again, we talk about, but we talk. We started off talking about sports and, and 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 Boston and Detroit and all that. And I grew up here, born and raised in Boston. I'm I'm, I'm actually in Boston now. I happen to see my family for the first time since this pandemic, and I haven't been home since then. But I grew up in Boston, and you know, I, you know, New Edition is a group from Boston. Oh man, you know, yeah. you know, right. And they were my heroes. Being you know, you know, coming up wanting to be in this business, I looked up to those guys as musicians right and new edition you know they're obviously famous and well known and and but we all saw the a lot of us saw the BET special we all saw it we all saw it (laughs) they never yeah they didn't get their just due but you know who did the new kids on the block the white version of them Mm. and I said this is not a dig on the new kids on the block you know what I'm saying of course back in the day you know I was a Michael Jackson fan I knew the Jacksons, and then you had the Osmonds. You know what I mean? And I mean, right. you know, there's always a very clear, if that's not, if there's not a status thing and a, and a, and a, and a racist component to what makes things move, I, if that doesn't tell you, I don't know what does. Oh, you know what does? George Floyd. That does. That, that makes it clear. That makes it very clear. That makes it very clear. I, I, I want to, uh, definitely um, continue this topic about the conditions after George Floyd. But I, I want to just give uh, credence to the, the study you were talking about with the housing appraisal. I, I was just in a group over the over the spring um, studying uh, behavior or psych, uh, this uh, psychological behaviors when it comes to finance. And uh, then I was we were doing a real estate session related to the same. And, and it's absolutely undeniable about these racist tactics and policies of so where you get you know redlining where the housing for facilities are, are undervalued but in this particular study I, I, we looked at that as well that you're talking about <coughs> excuse me and uh i think it was and there probably were several but it was uh real estate agency agencies um uh being studied to determine the level of racism and in, in housing and fair housing so the, the mm-hmm. fact that we have to even have institutions you know fair housing fair employment i mean all those things are indications that that there's there's a problem right yeah. there's a problem yeah. and and so these biases are in bed and and you know I, i'm hopeful for for most people that i encounter <clears throat> that come into a situation where they are racist after just talking and presenting you know materials and conversations many people come out much more reasonable I don't think all is lost, but it, it but this is enduring. And, and, you know, the best that, that I think that we can do is continue to do our parts to, to break and, and bring an end to, to racism because it ultimately leads to situations that occur with, again, we we're talking about George Floyd, but there's so many, so many. I read something yesterday that since the George Floyd uh, incident, and all the reactions that we're just just uh, uh, maybe a dozen away from a thousand black folks being killed by police officers in in uh, the country. And I'm going to add this right away <clears throat> because some people are really shallow to think that because you say something uh, bad about an individual or group that that you're labeling and generalizing. 
and I'm not generalizing. Yeah. I, I'm stating a fact. 986 people, et cetera, give or take a few, were killed by police officers. Black people were killed by police officers. Does that mean that all police are bad? No. Does that mean I'm anti-police? No. Does that mean I, I don't want police around? No. Does that mean I understand that there's a problem? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. Does that mean that all 986, I don't know, the situations were incidents where there was malice? No. But there are far too many that are. There are far too many situations where situations are not de-escalated. There's far too many people who are bad apples that are given a badge and a gun without proper qualifications. Right. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I I hope, you know, in in this uh, this topic is one that I hope you come back for that so we can go more in depth of the state of policing in america the historical uh, state of policing and what is good policing and, and what is bad policing I, I i'd like to have that conversation with you uh, on a future yeah. episode yeah, well let me let me just if, if i may just say to that first of all thank you for for um getting that that information with the red line and that was i appreciate that that's that's exactly what it was i couldn't remember the term but that's exactly what it was um, and you know, yeah, and I think that's a fair point. You have to make that point that no, it's not about generalizing and it's not about all police are bad and all. Yeah, that's that has to be said because there are people who will, I don't know if they believe it or if there's or if they're using that as an excuse to make their point, but clearly there is a, a huge, you know, um, yeah, uh, there's just a huge, uh, very, a very obvious discrepancy in terms of, of 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 that because you know the people who have been saying that you know oh george floyd you know like oh pulling up his his past or his 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 character you know i we don't know all the circumstances yeah okay first of all what does any of that have to do with the man putting his knee on his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. And I know I'm not the first one to say this. It's been said over and over again. And I know that it falls on some deaf ears because this has been being said by people since this happened. It is irrelevant. You know, if the man had been rotten, you know, if, if the guy was doing something, a crime, and they caught him and were pinning him down, that's still, that means they captured, captured him. That still doesn't mean he deserved to die a slow eight minute and 40 second, 46 second death with a knee on his neck saying, I can't breathe. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like, that's my point. It's like none of that. So when you start pulling up that character stuff, I get heated because it's like you have an agenda and and you're pushing you're pushing your as a certain narrative that makes no sense. That doesn't mean that the man deserved to, to die like that or die at all period you know yeah period and that's you know and 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 the other thing point i want to make about that is again i said i wrote a post about this george floyd in terms of when it happened and how it happened in the middle of a pandemic where everyone's locked in the house and all we have or while people have is videos and phones and it was the world saw the world saw what has been going on for generations and generations and generations. Emmett Till, there were no cell phones back then. That's just one example. And as you know, as you already said, there are many examples. This one happened to be captured with the presence of mind of a young 17-year-old girl who had the presence of mind to capture it, and the world saw it and was appalled as the world should have been. That that, That just happened to be captured. And now Rodney King was captured back then, right? Right. But, you know, I'm saying again, the world eventually, but the world was watching at one time and, you know, and got to see what, like I said, sadly, is how black people are treated. You know, we've seen the examples, we've seen the stories of 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 the white guy with the with the the automatic weapon being talked to and, at, you know, given water. Negotiated and, right? with. We've seen this, those stories. <clears throat> Absolutely. And this guy had a twenty dollar bill. Absolutely. You know that that's that's <laughs> so the the thought that you know people jump to 
Well, what was he doing before? What was his character? Whatever it may be. Those are all luxuries of racism. Mm -hmm. Those are all embedded in, in racism. It's the idea that this person is less deserving because and many people won't say it, but it's been embedded so deep that when they see it, they become desensitized to it. It's just like in, in warfare. If you can dehumanize your enemy uh, for your soldiers, it makes them more uh, apt to uh, kill without discretion. So you, you, you can see that same thing. World War One, where, where you, you know, put the, the Germans as this big, you know, bloodthirsty, long tooth ape that's coming to America to, to take your, your women and, and beat them over the head. And they did this to the Belgian women. Those are the brutes, the Huns. Those are the enemies. Right. Go get them. Mm. And now you, you don't. It's, it's the same in, in any type of warfare. And so racism as a warfare, the psychological effects disallows people from seeing individuals like that, like us oftentimes as the same type of human as deserving. So that's why you see even perhaps seen even professional doctors or, or certified doctors that would have a belief that blacks could take more pain than whites and be less likely to offer anesthetics for, for surgeries or to be less likely to treat conditions. I mean, the, the healthcare industry, it, it's, it's pervasive. Mm. So, so, you know, I, I agree, but the character has nothing to do with it, but just the fact yep. that that would come up, right. He, he must've done something. I don't care what you did. <laughs> like you said, it doesn't matter what you did. And the fact that there were so many individuals there officers that, that could have and should have intervened. There were so oh, many, yeah. even even, you know, the the officer who perpetrated it. There were so many opportunities. Right. There's so much training. Um, so so that was that was murder. And, and it was caught. And, and it, it's all disgusting. I hate the fact that yeah. we, we have to quantify or qualify anything that that we talk about. And when we were suggesting that this was murder and in the end, you know, case closed, I, I am all for due process. man. I'm such a believer in the rights of all people. But I have to say that was one trial where I thought, why do we need a trial? Right. And but but due process, everyone has due process. But there was nothing in yeah. my mind that could be said, um, except that it was a waste of a lot of taxpayers time to go through that process. But this is a, a nation of laws. And and that's the one thing that 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 I can say. I don't know if that same benefit would have been given to. Uh, an officer if uh, it was a reverse role where there was a black officer on a white man's neck like that. And and I don't know that, but just my experience suggests that my research suggests that you history and history suggests that. And so those that are listening, right, you can, you can feel like this is, you know, I don't know how you feel, but my experience has shown me that a lot of you right now that are listening have are, you know, feeling a little guilt. Maybe some folks have, you know, uh, blood flush face. I, I, I don't know what it may be. Some type of neurological, uh, socio emotional type of reaction. And it should be you should feel something you should. Mm-hmm. If you don't feel something, maybe you are a part of the problem. Mm. You should feel something. But the, the next step is. What do you do with that? With those those feelings. Mm. What type of action do you take with those emotions? Like uh, my guest, uh, Mr. Tez Yancey. Thank you again. Like he said earlier, <clears throat> what differences are you going to make in your daily life? What changes do you make from from that? Do you go on being and supporting of oppressive systems or racist systems? Do you not speak up when your racist friend or family member makes the, the joke or, or, or does some type of, of unjust, unjust action uh, when you are a gatekeeper at a university or a department of motor vehicles or the uh, grocery store or the university, wherever it may be, where you have some semblance of control of access to resources? And you deny those people of a, of a certain race simply because of that? Do you throw those applications in the trash because it sounds like an ethnic sounding name? All right. So when we talk about, you know, back again, good people on both sides, of course, there are. This is not an accusation or labeling of all people. There are good people on all sides, but everybody that's on all sides is not good people. Yep. And it's not well easy. Said. It's not easy to determine and figure out who. So everybody can do something. 
And and again, I'll go back to my point that this should not be something that's on the back burner, something that dies down a, a flavor of the month. We need sustained change, sustained changes, legislative changes, changes in policy, accountability. It, it has to be. And, and anybody that that can't agree with that or understand that or sympathize with that, you are part of the problem. Like, you know, when you present someone with an equitable solution to situations and there's a problem and you deny those situations, you are sustaining and maintaining and upholding repressive systems such as racism and other injustices. And you are the problem. Mm. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want, I'm sorry. I don't want any more than what I have earned. I don't think anyone needs to have to to have a handout or a hand up if things are equitable. It's not a, a political situation, Democrat, Republican. And it's not a political situation. It's a human situation. I don't care what political party you belong to. Yeah. It's not the issue. It's a matter of. Where do you stand on those particular issues? I know a lot of people are happy to stand where they are and in those in those unjust ways. I just always say, I don't know how they go out, man. And I'm not trying to be funny. I don't know how they go out and eat ice cream with their families in public in, in a in a public yeah. place. Because ice cream is I always say this. Ice cream is a happy time. You know, you, you ever seen someone <laughs> sad eating? People get depressed and eat ice cream, but they do it because it makes them feel good still. But I've never seen anyone just out just mad eating ice cream. It's always like happy. Yeah. So when you I mean, how do you how do you? I feel, I feel sorry sometimes for people like that. Sorry in a way yeah. that they really are not enjoying the fullness of life. Mm -hmm. I want to just say, just since you brought it up, I think it's, it is worth noting. I agree to your point. You know, it's not just about politics or which side you're on. But since you brought it up, I do want to mention, okay. I think it is a great point that you made um, when it comes to change. We were talking earlier about things we can do, you know. 2022 is right around the corner, you know, and I say that, you know, obviously one of the things that has really, you know, this last election and so forth, you know, we, we and obviously we see the, the, the tactics, dare I say racist tactics that are, that are mm -hmm. happening with voting, you know, and, and making it very difficult for certain demographics of people to vote. And I'm saying it like that for a reason. Because it's so blatantly obvious, um, and but the the, the 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 power of our vote, you know, we know where that comes from. There was a time when we couldn't, you know, and get out there and do it. And it's something that I I I, I have vowed for myself, especially after this last election. I'm like, you know, I need I I, I promise that I'm going to make sure I'm up on. Wherever I'm living in the world, I'm going to make sure I'm up on who I need to be looking into in terms of change, because so much of the change, uh, so much of it can come from legislation, as you said, right? And that means getting out and being and voting on those things, you know? That's such an important thing for 2022 and 2024, obviously. But 2022, as you know, you know, it's, it's, it's those midterms, I, it's important. It's important. It's, it's very important, man. It's, it's life altering. And, and that is our call to action today is to you can make a change, but you have to speak up if you're on the sidelines. Yeah. It's, you know, that doesn't work because so many so yeah. many of these policies that occur, so many of these um, proposed legislations that that are beneficial to many that don't pass. Oftentimes they miss by a couple of votes. A couple of votes and sometimes those couple of votes that would have decided to vote for and in favor of those policies that would be multiplicative in the voting process because some of those that would agree to vote can, can and will influence others sometimes folks don't vote because someone else is not voting that way right and so these these elections man it, people will think you know my vote doesn't count it doesn't matter it, not true man there's, there's so many close elections and so folks can and should locally. <clears throat> I've always said you know, the presidential election is very important. There's a lot of pomp and circumstance about it, but it's very important. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, just for me, folks can think how they want. But for me, it's a bit overrated. 
in terms of the congressional elections, because those are your representatives. Those are the legislators. Those are the ones that make the laws. Right. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that have the power of the money and they have it because they represent us, the people. And this government yeah. is established by the people. Right. So it's a reason that the legislative branch is the first branch mentioned in the Constitution. They make the laws. Mm-hmm. They have the money, but it's ours. But and I've been in enough conversations in state houses and, and debates with politicians about this. If you're not voting, they're not listening to you. Mm-hmm. If you're not living in a certain neighborhood, they're not listening to you. So you have to make sure yeah. that your neighborhood, your borough, your 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 sector of the town, your area is well represented. Yeah. And and and, and you can and when they don't change, you you continue. You continue. Continue. You got to speak up. And yeah. for people that don't vote and complain, I just always say, please stop complaining if you don't vote. Don't complain if you don't vote. That's just how I feel about it. Well, hit the nail on the head. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, invite you to have some closing remarks. But that's that's the message for today. We have a lot more to discuss about this anniversary of George Floyd, which we we talked about quite a bit. But I think it was all necessary. Um, we'll talk more about policing in America from from various perspectives. You guys don't want to miss this this these upcoming episodes. Um, again, feel free to always email us at let's chew the gum at gmail.com to leave your comments. I want to thank my audience in the United States. I want to thank my worldwide audience for tuning in every weekend supporting. Um, this is a, a great opportunity that we have. So remember, your voice counts. Let me let you uh, have a closing statement, Mr. Tez Yancey. <laughs> my brother, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for I really appreciate the platform and opportunity. To, to speak openly and candidly, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, discussions such as this um, can be can be uncomfortable and should be because we're specifically talking about. You start, you know, we talked about a lot, but we're specifically talking about and honoring, obviously, George Floyd. And there are many there are many other names, many other names. But we're talking about this because we're obviously a year and a day now after his unfortunate untimely horrific you know devastating murder that the world witnessed um so we're we're honoring him and as we should and but again there are obviously sadly many 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 names and have been many more since his death and murder a year ago so um you and you said it you said it you know your voice counts and how you use your voice is how you use your voice but use it, you know, and it use it. And, and we talked about voting. We've talked about how, you know, just how people have different ways of going about it. Social media, podcasts, conversations, you know, being an ally, all that stuff really does matter. And, it, you know, we're talking about a long, 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 ugly history. And I remember I'm, I'm jumping back political for a second, but. I remember when, you know, obviously President Obama was was elected and and he inherited that recession. You know what I mean? Right. And it was like, boy, you it's it's a lot. There's a lot he inherited. And in eight years, I remember on day one, it was like this. This can't be cleaned up in even eight years, but let's make a dent in it. Let's try to make a dent in it as best we can. And it's the same way I look at this, you know, the more we continue to you know talk about this and and take action we're making a dent in it but it's there's a there's a long history of this um but i would say remember that feeling you had watching that video a year and a day ago with that man's i'm sorry that monster's knee on that man's neck Mm. you know watching that that that's the thing i it's such a visceral i have a visceral uh, immediate reaction to it when I right now it, I flash to it and remember that feeling because to me that's a motivating factor to to take action. We don't, you know, we. So your voice counts. It matters. Use it. Please do. Please do use it. Keep making dents. Your voice is a force. Make those dents. Everybody can do something, but nobody should be doing nothing. 
This has been Let's Chew the Gum. Thank you for listening to this episode. And remember, we always have something for your